Welcome to Identity Church Sunday Morning Message, where sonship is revealed. Stay tuned at the end of this message to receive more information about resources available through Identity Church. Now grab your Bible, sit back, and enjoy a message from Identity Church that is already in progress. I want to share with you that um, every one of you is a leader in some form or fashion. If you're a husband, you're the priest of your home. If a husband and wife team, uh, you are leaders over your household, your home, your children, your grandchildren. Every one of us have some form of leadership, whether it's your business. If you are a businessman and you have employees, whether you're a department head, whether you have responsibilities that you answer to a leader above you and you are responsible for those around you. You know what I'm talking about. Everybody has some form of leadership. Now, you can be um, resistant to that and become a victim to every leader you've ever had and not be successful because the successful leaders figure out that leadership has responsibility. And uh, here at Identity Church, um, we've had a a crisis this week. Um, We've had one of our family members um, pass away. It, It was very quick and sudden. And it put us in leadership, uh, kind of cattywampus. It, it, you know, you're you're praying, you're praying for a miracle. You're praying the blessings of God, and you know, as a leader, you're you're talking to husbands and say, listen, you know, don't be negative. You know, King David prayed for a miracle for his child until he could no longer till the decision had been made. And I think that's what we do as Christians. Many times we pray faith. We pray. Um, the goodness of God. We pray that, that, that God is a miracle worker, that God is sovereign. And though all those things are true. But then all of a sudden you take a faith blow and you take it right in the chin. And it becomes a kick in the pants to you. And, 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 and at that point, a leader has to be strong. But where do you get your strength from? Hey, mom. Hey, dad. Your kids have gone stupid on you. You have to be strong. You're going to make decisions. Whether they agree or disagree, leadership has to make decisions. And, and I found myself in an unusual position this week in business. And I have employees and a leader of the church. I have responsibilities. And I had to be strong. And uh, I got up in the middle of the night, and I said, Lord, I'm, I'm struggling carrying this weight. Because people were looking for answers. Do you understand, leader, the, the nation's going to rise or fall according to its leadership. A church is going to rise or fall according to its leadership. A marriage is going to rise or fall according to its leadership. A school will rise or fall according to its leadership. So his leadership has responsibility, but, but there, there's this facade that we, we look like we got it all together, and we have to portray, portray that so fear doesn't have a root in people's lives because when people look at leadership and they walk in fear, fear will actually overtake them, and you can't, you can't follow someone who you're afraid of or someone you believe that is in fear. I went to a pastor one time and 
and gave him a prophetic word and the church a prophetic word and everybody said it was God and all this great stuff. And then six months later, he said to me, he says, I believe that was God, but it's going to cost me too much to obey God. I'm not going to do what the word of the Lord was. I made a decision and I said to him, you're acknowledging that was God, but you're not willing to pay the price to do it. He goes, pretty much. I'm like, dude, I can't follow you anymore. See, when leadership succumbs to the pressure, when leadership succumbs to the natural pressure and they quit, quit following the leadership of the Holy Ghost, then you have a leader that is, that is um, uh, unstable. But I'm talking about individual leaders. You, you, every one of you a leader. What are you portraying? Fear? Coronavirus? Financial? Health? What are you portraying? Are you showing you're strong? But are you really strong? Is it a facade? And so as I approach this weekend, I, I had gotten up and I said, God, I, I, I can't betray what I'm feeling. So you're going to have to change my feelings. <laughs> and he said, I said, I, I, I can't. I can't publicly cry. These people are hurting. These people have had great loss. We've had death. We feel like we've taken a kick in the pants and we've taken two steps backward. I I have to, how can I be a strong leader in the midst of it? And he said, listen, son, leaders cry in the dark. And when you cry in the dark with me, I will give you the strength to be the leader you're supposed to be. But if you're unwilling to cry in the dark, then you won't have the strength for people to look at. I got up and I cried in the dark, me and God. That's that brokenness. Pastor Mike just, did he not hit the song? Broken in all my ways, the goodness of God and brokenness. And would you, would, as a leader, if, if, if you're going to lead out of a, a, a natural tenacity, you're going to be a dictator. You're going to have to get alone in the dark and cry. God, and you look at all the examples in Scripture. Moses, he got alone in the dark, and he said, hey, dude, he's talking to God. Uh, you got 3,000 rebellious people, and I'm in charge. I think we should kill them all. And then God says, yes, I think we should. No, they didn't. God wanted to kill him, and a leader said to him, wait a minute. You drug us out into this desert. You drug us into this position. You put us out here. You want the nations to say you weren't able to sustain us? So a leader talked to God, another leader, and challenged God, who said, kill them all. He goes, no, that's not the answer. You're going to look like a terrible leader, God. So leadership will actually provoke leadership to be good leaders. That's why you need leadership around you. I called my son this morning, who's a tremendous leader with wisdom. And I said, dude, I've, I've, I'm, I'm in a pickle. And he said, dad, you always come out of it. You're okay. He encouraged me. He said, he said, you know what to do. Be vulnerable. Be honest. I know you hear God. He's a leader, talking to a leader who encouraged me to be who I'm supposed to be. And we as leaders, moms, dads, 
Husbands, wives, we have to lead out of strength. But until you're weak in the darkness and can hear God, you will not. You'll do it out of, out of facade. And people will read that like a cheap novel. You've got to hear God. So I, I, I had my time with God. I had my cry in the dark. And then I had this crazy thought. This can't be God. Why don't you ask your wife to go on a long bicycle ride tomorrow? I'm like, get behind me, Satan. That can't be God. Because <laughs> see, Susie's, Susie's just bad to the bone on a bicycle now. Uh, you know, my ideal is I've given it all. I'm not going more than 12 miles in, a, you know, an hour. That, that's kind of my, my thing. Susie does the other ones. And, and so I, I, I approached her and I think she was pleased. Were you pleased? She was pleased. She said it was, you know, she considered her idea of a date and mine are not the same, evidently. <laughs> but I just want to share with you, I want to share with you as a leader crying in the dark the night before. Okay, crying in the dark the night before. I had time to ride my bike. We, we went on some trails. We, we, we rode 26.5 miles in two hours and 22 minutes. Um, I had a bad case of numb butt, <laughs> but I got over it when I finally got done. But in the midst of my bike ride, I, I got on my, and I, 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 it took me a while to find the lyrics to this song, but when it started playing, it started ministering to me. Because in the dark the night before, the Lord said to me, he said, thank you for your perspective of me. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, I know you're hurting. I know your body's hurting. I know you have loss, death, and you have people trying to pull on you what they're needing from me because they don't know how to go to me directly. But thank you for your perspective. I said, what perspective? He says, you still think I'm good. I went, wow. So my question, if you're going to be a good leader, you got to know that one that is leading you is good. No matter what you're going through, no matter what the pressure comes on you, no matter what the emotional drain that's coming, if you don't think the one that is leading you is good, then you yourself will not be a good leader. Does that make sense? So here's the song. It's called The Goodness of God, Bethel Music, Jen Johnson sang it. And it just, Susie thought I was sweating. I was actually crying. It was my time. And, and, and I realized if I had not spent my time crying in the dark with God, I would have never cried on that bicycle because this ministered to me. And here's, I'm just going to read you the lyrics and then I'm going to go through some scriptures. The, the, the lyrics he sings is, I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. See, I would sing it for you, but it'd be better for me to read it, okay? Hallelujah. Thank you for your support there, Elder. All my days, I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Because all my life, you have been faithful, 
And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I'm able, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. I love your voice. How many love the voice of God? I love your voice. You have led me through the fire, and in dark night, you are close like no other. Got to realize, I, I just had my dark night. I just had my cry. That one, actually, the song started getting to me until that one hit, and I realized God was meeting me in the place of my weak leadership moment in the darkness. You are close like no other. I know you as a father I know you as a friend. I have lived in the goodness of God. Oh, yeah. And all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Because your goodness is running after, it's running after me. (laughs) Your goodness is running after it. It's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything because your goodness is running after me. Because your goodness is running after me. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after me. It's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything because your goodness is running after me and it keeps running after me. Do you realize when you cry in the dark because you can't cry on the shoulder of everybody? That's when his goodness runs after you. Listen, he says, go go for a bike ride. I want to talk to you. This song lit me up. All my life, you've been faithful. All my life, you've been so, so good. With every breath that I'm able... I'm still going to sing the goodness of God. I'm going to sing. I'm going to sing because all my life you've been faithful. All my life you've been so, so good. With every breath I'm able, I'm going to sing the goodness of God. I'm going to sing the goodness of God. If you're a mom or a dad, a grandma, grandpa, if you're a business owner, if you're a church leader, if you're a um, a department head, you have pressures. It's interesting with my little, my new little health journey. Uh, on day twenty-eight of my fast, uh, the Lord spoke to me. He says, "You've run and gun for a long time, and I want to change your definition of run and gun. I want to change your perspective if you'll let me." I'm like, okay. He said, son, you've been running and gunning, but you live off adrenaline, which is unhealthy. If you'll let me, I'll change your definition of run and gun. It was day 28. So I go to my doctor, and he does these huge blood tests and, he, you know, all this analysis, and he's going to get me healthy. He thinks I'm nuts. You know, I'm the guy who walks in and goes, I just went on a water day, a 40-day water-only fast. And he's like, okay, this guy's a fruit loop. He's a new doctor, so we hadn't proven the fact that I'm a Fruit Loop. <laughs> and so he's sitting there saying to me, uh, I kind of thought you were a little weird until I did your blood work, and uh, I've never seen anybody do a f- complete medical reset. And he went through every system in my body that in that 40-day water only, 
it, it corrected itself. The sugar, which was one of the reasons why I needed to do that, all aligned the cardio, the inner, the outer. I mean, he 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 did all this. And he says, well, I have two concerns. And one of them was, he goes, I believe the management part of the thyroid is working, the brain side. But the thyroid is is is, is got some deficiency in it because he goes, I think you're an adrenaline junkie. I think you live off adrenaline. I said, okay. I'm laughing. And uh, he says, you know, it's kind of like the body's this. If an employee calls in and says, I'm, I'm not coming in, I'm sick, adrenaline kicks in to cover that. He said, do you realize your body doesn't know that an employee uh, uh, is, is unfaithful and you're having to cover it or a bear's chasing you? The, it doesn't know. Your body doesn't know that you're, you're upset with unfaithful employee or you've got a, a task to do or a bear's chasing you. I'm like, really? And, and he says, because emotionally what you're doing is you're, you're, you're putting a demand on adrenaline so you can be the fix-all. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. Wow. That's great leadership, isn't it? Hmm? Yeah. Not, but, but he goes, why are you laughing? I said, here, let me show you my journal, day 28. The Lord says, I'm going to redefine run and gun because you've been living on adrenaline, and I'm going to change that. All of a sudden, the fruit loop is gone. I looked at him and go, listen, I thank you for your medical uh, uh, education. I said, but you're only confirming what God told me. <laughs> he goes, oh, okay. <laughs> you, you know, so, so, so what, what I'm saying is, is, are we supposed to live off adrenaline or faith? What kind of leader are you? Are you living off adrenaline are you pulling out of your emotions or faith? What is your power source? What is, what is the source of life as a leader? Now, listen, leaders, this is some people say, well, you, you, you're a group of leaders. You think you're an elite group. Yeah, we are. Because we don't have to be in the dark by ourselves. Sometimes you can be in the dark with some leaders and not have the answers, but go to the one who does and be vulnerable enough. So leadership has, has a protocol. If I shared with everything that I have to deal with, with every Tom, Dick, and Harry in this body, you guys would not know what to do with some of that. But my leadership, leadership understands you can't share it with, with people who have never paid the price for leadership. So as I want to go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14, and this is what I've gotten. We appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, this is the Passion Translation, we appeal to you, brothers and sisters, to instruct those who are not in their place of battle. He's saying, listen, hey, leaders, I'm appealing to you to instruct those who have never engaged. <laughs> hey, leadership, go find the ones who think they're all that in a bag of chips, but are getting their brains beat out, but they really haven't engaged. Engaged. 
Instruct those who are not in their place of battle. Be skilled at gentle encouraging those who feel themselves inadequate. Who? Leadership has to be skilled. Isn't that what it says? Be skilled at gentle encouragement. What I can do to my elders, I can provoke them with a shot, a Charlie Coker shot, and they don't take it personal, and it will provoke them to good works. If I treated some of the pew sitters with the aggressiveness or the leadership shot that I do my elders, you would think I'm mean and just abusive. Well, maybe you're not in your place of battle, and you haven't earned that right to be vulnerable. Be faithful to stand your ground. Help the weak to stand again. Be quick to demonstrate patience with everyone. Listen, here's the thing, though, because when we haven't had our cry in the dark, we will do things like resist revenge. Why did he put resist revenge? Because you need to resist it because you will become revent, you will be resentful of those who claim to have it all together but won't engage in the battle. People in the prayer this morning were going, dude, how can we handle some of this prayer against our nation and our leadership? They were going after the government. Listen, they're saying, I want to engage, but there's people who don't want to engage. And leadership needs to to understand it's a skill set to gently encourage and not become resentful if you don't. But let me tell you something. When when, when you face some of the crises we faced, you'll realize you've never been in a battle and you're getting your butt whipped. And I think there's been times, and this is me, this is, this is me. I believe God has allowed the enemy to kick my brains out once in a while to wake me up. You get kicked in the teeth when you're looking in the wrong direction. You get kicked in the teeth because you turn around and you think, oh, the enemy's going to after me. If you kept going forward and you were in the battle, he would kick you in the, you know, he'd kick you in the, shine, in, the in, in the hind end and not the teeth. Get in the battle. But it says resist revenge and make sure no one pays evil in place of evil, but always pursues doing what is beautiful to one another and to all the unbelievers. He's talking about be good and kind, not just to those who have not engaged, not just to the weak who won't follow leadership, not for the ones who have not engaged in battle but have gotten their brains. He said even unbelievers, somebody who's not even heard the message, someone doesn't recognize your leadership ability that you're supposed to be, you know, uh, have something they need. It says to even the unbelievers. It's time to be nice. Verse 16. Let joy be your continual feast. Wow. Let joy be your continual feast. This is antidotes. God's given us keys here in the word of God on how to be a good leader. Make your life a prayer. Holy moly. Susie and I were speaking last week. We were in the pool, and we were talking, and I said, you know, our life is a demonstration. We, we, we you know, I am a prophet, and, and, and I think I, I, I have always kind of downplayed myself that I've never been a strong prophet that gives personal prophecy. And about the time I say that, 
God makes me. Okay, so I can, but it's not my um, norm. I can prophesy individually. I, I get stuff corporately. I know who I am with that. But, but what I was telling her, I said, Susie, we've, we've lived our message. Who writes a book about being raped at seven and then raping at, six, at 18 and then marrying and recovering all the damage? If that isn't a picture of God's grace, that's our message. Who... Whose grandfather was in the KKK, was a prophet and racist, and why racism came into a six-generation Floridian family and gets involved with the church, and no one confronts it until I show up. Is that a life message? Baptism of innocence. I wrote the book about it. Who in the world would God choose to give a revelation about be innocent as a child with a history like me? If that's not the message of the grace of God and the finished work of Christ, I don't know what is. So what is he saying here? Make your life a prayer. Make your life a prayer. But I'm telling you, if you don't have joy in the journey, you'll, ne- you'll never be a life of prayer. Here's the key. And in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks. Uh Uh-oh. So when your thankfulness is gone, your leadership is tainted. When you quit thanking God for all the people who've not engaged in the battle, when you quit thanking God for the people that came and got what they want, but now they're leaving, you will become resentful if you don't know your purpose. But people come and people go. People get what they need out of this body. But if it's done right, they're prepared for another body. They're prepared to finish their If they're engaging in battle, maybe they came here to get taught and not be in battle. Are you resentful? Or have you gotten alone in the dark and asked God why? Well, I thought this person was going to be here for life. Listen, your wife almost wasn't there for life. Not everybody's called to stay with everybody this close. Now, you're called to love each other, and I believe in covenant, and I believe in all that stuff. But listen, a leader has to go cry in the dark and find out who's in charge and who's sending who. But the key here is that when you quit giving thanks, your leadership is being tainted, eroded, and less influential. God, the pressure on me. Oh, I can't handle it. We've been under pressure, our leadership, but we, we've, we've had that conversation amongst ourselves. But would you, whether, would, you, would, 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 would you be happy not being in the position you are and not feeling that pressure? I don't think so. Why? Because in the pressure, if we do it right, We get alone in the dark, and we hear his voice at a deeper level, at a purpose of why he called us to be leadership. 
It's going to drive us into a, to a strong tower. It's going to drive us into a commitment and, 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 a, and a confidence. And the one that called me will give me what I need to lead the way he called me to lead. Not manipulative, not out of fear. Listen, if God burns the house down, let's have a weenie roast. Okay? Why? That's, that's the only thing we can do. Let's have a party. Make some s'mores. You know, but, but, but the enemy wants to burn it all down. I'm going to turn it into a campfire if it happens. That's what leadership finds in that dark place with, with only God. For this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. There's the key. If you quit being in Christ Jesus, you'll quit being thankful. If you quit being in Christ Jesus, you won't have any joy. If you quit being in Christ Jesus, you'll think it's about you, and you won't realize that he's already paid the price on the cross. You're supposed to live through it. And thrive through it. Where, if the pressure of your leadership, Charlie, is driving you to gracefully go for a 26 mile bike ride, well, it, it was. Because number, number one, it, it was about time with Susie, it was about health but I positioned myself to hear a song that gave me everything I had gotten the night before. Okay? And, and, and what was that song? You've always had me in your hand. You've always been good. You've always been faithful. Now, could you miraculously heal this numb butt that I got from sitting on this bicycle seat for two and a half hours? Verse 19, never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Ghost. Do you understand? He's saying, listen, if you have joy, if you stay thankful, God's going to show you my perfect plan in Christ Jesus and never put out the fire of the Holy Ghost. And don't be one who scorns prophecies. Uh-oh. We're a prophetic church. What about the prophets who prophesy? You're going to live and not die, and she dies. You know what happens? We start scorning prophecies, and anybody that's operating in faith and wants to put healing out there prophetically, and we think it, we want to hold the prophet accountable and stone them like they're an Old Testament prophet. And then we get scornful. We get resentful, and we don't want to hear it anymore. But he, he's put, don't be one who scorns prophecies, but be faithful to examine them by putting them to the test and afterwards holding tightly to what was proven to be right. Avoid every appearance of evil. Whew, he's saying avoid very, listen, how you judge prophetic words, how you judge people's hearts and motive could be, in God's eyes, evil. Now, many, now may the God of peace and harmony set you apart, making you completely holy, and may your entire being, spirit, soul, and body be kept completely flawless in the appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Anointed One. Here's what I'm saying. 
there's not a devil. There's not a devil who's afraid of Jesus. The devil could care less if you give your heart to Jesus. As a matter of fact, he'll encourage you to give your heart to Jesus. But he's, 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 this is why this is the Antichrist. He can't handle you giving your heart to Jesus Christ. There's a lot of Jesuses, but it's the Jesus Christ, Christ being the anointed one, the power. When you give your lives to Jesus, he opens the door to the Christ, the power. If your Jesus doesn't have power, then the Antichrist has gotten to you. There's many Jesuses run around going, he's the Christ, pointing. But the one that says Jesus Christ, it's Jesus opens the door for eternal life, opens the door to the Father, and then the Christ portion, the anointed one, changes you. Changes you. The devil could care less if you give your heart to Jesus. It's when the, the Christ portion changes you. For, listen, People get, give their life to Jesus and stay in their sin. When they give their life to Jesus Christ, he saves them from sin. He has the power to convert your heart. He has the power to convert your mentality. He has the power to, 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 to supernaturally uh, sanctify your leadership. So if you're only meeting Jesus because he suffered in the dark and don't meet the Christ who came victorious on the other side, then your darkness is only makes you huh, a victim. And then you become a victim leader. I'm a victim. These people didn't do what I said. These people didn't do this. This didn't happen. We had a death and we shouldn't have. We, listen, the Christ When you're in the Christ, you're in the power zone. But you won't find the Christ side of Jesus until you become that s s surrendering servant. Is this making sense? But he mentions spirit, soul, and body, all three. You know, when the Lord put me on this fast, since when is divine health not spiritual? He kept completely flawless in the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one. The one who calls you by name is trustworthy and will thoroughly complete his work in you. He's faithful. His mercy endures every day. He's gracious to me. He's patient. to Listen, if he's telling me as a leader to be patient, if he's telling me as a leader, leader to have a skill set of gentle encouragement, then you know what? He actually has that too. And God has been gently encouraging his skill set of encouraging us, took me on a bicycle ride to get encouraged from a song. And the bottom line is I needed the exercise. The bottom line is, 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 is I needed the time with Susie. The bottom line is, 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 is God's actually pretty sovereign. He knows what he's doing with it. 25, now, beloved ones, pray for us. Greet every brother and sister with a sacred kiss, a solemn, a solemn plea with you before the Lord to make sure that every holy believer among you has the opportunity to hear this letter and read them. May grace from our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Listen, this was Leadership 101. 
How are you leading your children? How are you leading your department head? How are you leading your friends and your neighbors? How are you using the influence that God has given you? What kind of leader are you? Are you a victim or a leader? And it's time. It's time to figure it out. Lord, I thank you for this, today's message. I thank you that a night, the night with you changes every perspective, heals every pain. I thank you for the course correction. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are my leader and I am your follower. But you are the Christ, the anointed one, that has power to convert my thinking. Because, Lord, your people perish for lack of knowledge. We perish because we haven't applied the wisdom you've given us in every arena, in leadership, in relationship. Lord, we thank you for the miracles, but I thank you for the wisdom on how the miracles are from you. And you are gracious, and you are good. And you are good. And you've been good to me. You've been good to this body. And Lord, as we kind of go through a little shift and a little more of a corona lockdown, help us have wisdom to do the social distancing necessary to bring safety and wisdom to this body. But God, I'm asking you to challenge everyone that you've given influence in what arena of influence to be a good leader. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church. To know more about us, go to identitychurch.net where you'll find resources such as a calendar, media, and upcoming events. You may also download an app for your mobile device from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Then from your mobile device, you can hear our messages. Read from the Bible, take notes, connect with us on the social media, and even pay your tithe. Again, thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church.